Hello and welcome back to the second ever episode of the Game Changer podcast. In today's episode, I'll be joined by local entrepreneur Brent Towers, where we'll be discussing a wide variety of topics, including his hectic lifestyle, the importance of developing a strong working culture, as well as his own future goals and aspirations. I hope you enjoy what should be a very interesting episode. Anyways, let's get started. Hello, mate. First of all, welcome to the Game Changer podcast and thank you very much for coming on. How are you being coping with lockdown, mate? Um, a little bit of a change, Jordan, I think, isn't it? How you been getting <laughs> on? Not, just uh, not normal just, routines. Nah, just being spending more, more or less time and just trying to develop myself, doing things I haven't been able to do, really. Reading, like, reading books, um, watching documentaries I've always said I wanted to watch stuff like that really so just taking the time to do stuff I haven't been able to do and um, a little so, bit strange isn't it <laughs> massively I think it'll be even weird when we go back to normality I still feel there'll be a bit of weirdness there I think it'll take a bit of time again it's that uh, everybody's used to sit in the garden and having beers all day on it's going to be uh, <laughs> definitely. It's going to be a hundred mile an hour when people go back. People will be ready for a holiday again, I'm sure, Me included. <laughs> so, mate, um, for those who don't know, do you just want to briefly explain what you do, uh, what you manage, what you own, and how long you've been doing it for? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm Brent. I'm 26, self-employed. Um, I have been for the last three to four years, closer to four years, to be fair. Um, I own a, a restaurant and bar group called Towers Hospitality that's got Latoria restaurants in it and Bar Rescue in Bedlam that had Latoria in Bly which is now Custy's pop-up and we're building a new bar underneath Latoria in Bedlam which is going to be called Wonderground and I'm also in charge of Towers Property Group within there we've got a range of different buy lets and we've got an apartment getting built Again, just rentals, a lot of them residential, um, different people we're interacting with all the time. It's my job to, to keep everything together, you know. So sounds like you've got a very lot on your plate. And it's a million miles an hour all the time, John. <laughs> as you're probably about to find out, because I'll be about 10 staff knocking on this door as we go. <laughs> so what was your background before you got into all this business stuff? Um, background... <laughs> Started when I was 14, 15 years old, where eBay was kind of just a thing, just starting off at the time, and yeah. I was buying in some polo shirts from abroad. Uh, I used to sell them on eBay at a little bit of a profit. Got a frisk for it. Started doing other things. I was importing headphones, razor blades, razors. Anything you could make a margin on, I, I was pretty much doing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Video games, I was, big, I was big on video games. I used to sell money on video games for real life money. Um, got to 16, 17 years old. And what happened was my family ended up coming into buying an old dilapidated pub, the Millfield, mm-hmm. where, where I am today. Um, plans to rent it out. It became a restaurant, middle floor, 40 seater restaurant. Um, it had a team of six or seven people in turnover. You know, it was a it was an average place, you know, that's what I would say. Yeah. 
Well, it's certainly um, changed now, definitely, that's for sure. I, I, would, I would hope so. But what's happened since then is I was obviously at college, mm-hmm. or sixth form rather, working a little bit on the side in hospitality, got a feel for it, loved it. Still get the same buzz today. There's nothing better than a Friday night coming into this place. Yeah. Also, I've went, graduated from um, sixth form, went on to university, done a business marketing degree. That's lasted three years. At the same time, busting me got working within the restaurant, trying to make it something, but not really having much of an input because you know, at the end of the day, I was 17, 18, 19 years old at the time. Who the hell listens? Yeah. Um, plus, I probably didn't know much, you know, if the truth's known. <laughs> from there, um, the restaurant, truthfully, wasn't really working. It was going to move on to somebody else. I was maybe 22 years old at the time, fresh out of university. You probably know yourself, you're that age now. You're not yeah. sure what you want to do. Nobody's yeah, got definitely. a clue, and why should they at the end of the day? Um, so I've kind of fallen into the restaurant was going to move on, and I love what I was doing, so I've ended up buying into it. Um, four, four years later, I'm still here. Yeah, spot on. So within that time scale of you obviously studying at sixth form, getting involved in hospitality, um, has anyone in your life had an important part to play in your journey so far? And has anyone really inspired you to be the best you possibly can on that journey? Um, inspired. I I would say I would say families inspired us a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the family is self-employed or a family hard grafters. We'll pass each other like ships in the night. You know that's the truth. Yeah. Um, so who's inspired us? Family, probably more so. My granddad Bill. He's been self-employed from 23, 24 years old. Mm-hmm. He's been in the motor trade and done well for himself. He's done all right. Uh, so maybe I've got a little bit of that and as I don't know um, yeah. what happened was when I was trying to take this place over it hadn't worked for them and I had been working here had some chefs in and waiters in it the restaurants weren't working um, so when I went in and I wanted to take the place on and, and buy the place on they didn't want us to do it you know mm-hmm. so what they thought was there's, there's nothing to be made in hospitality it was a hard sector to be in takes over your life as I've found out yeah. you've got to enjoy it you've got to be motivated by it otherwise you're not going to get anywhere within it you know um, so I suppose the motivation definitely for work I think is family because I've been brought up that way yeah, secondly definitely. another motivation was being told maybe I can't do it and that was something going into it I wanted to prove people wrong yeah that's something I've found massively over the years especially when I was in sixth form like yourself and PE teachers have told me that I wouldn't get into university because of my current grades and Mm -hmm. now I've finished my degree and I look back at them people and they were the people who motivated me into doing and proving them wrong like you say and so going a bit off track what changes did you make when you came in and bought into that business a bit more? Um, I probably went from doing 20 hours a week to doing 100 hours a week every week in my life <laughs> since, John. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, it sounds. Uh, what did we do to change it? We're... This was a, an old pub that had 40 seats in it as a restaurant. It was nothing fantastic to look at. Although it had work done on it, it was all right. Customers were coming in, were doing, let's say, 100 covers on a Friday and Saturday night where that had to improve. If we're going to make it, we're going to do it properly. And that's 
been the work ethic since and kind of it's a team effort at all times. Staff and customers know whatever comes into this place goes back into this place and that's mm-hmm. been the mantra going forward. Whatever comes in will be reinvested within the company to take it where we want to go. So for example, we've had a restaurant on the middle floor, we've brought it down into the ground floor, built a whole open kitchen at the back. Um, that's turned from a 40-seater restaurant upstairs to a 120-seater restaurant downstairs to create more space on the ground floor of them with the toilets downstairs. Got another 20 seats out of it. Mm-hmm. Customers were coming in. Obviously, we're chatting to customers all the time, find out where they've been, what they've been doing, um, because we're genuinely interested, I think. Um, they were going elsewhere for drinks before and afterwards. We didn't want yeah. that. Why not spend the whole night with us? So we've created the cocktail bar upstairs. Um, that's been absolutely spot on. The problem now we've got is a lot of the time that place is booked out for private functions. So we've got yeah. birthdays, engagements, anniversaries, funerals, anything you want is taken care of in that cocktail bar. So if you are coming in now, we're, we're kind of our own worst enemy because we're hiring it out all the time. So you might be planning on coming in with your last, which I know you do a lot, you and Chelsea come in. Yeah. You want to have a drink beforehand or you want to have a drink afterwards? And if there's not the space to do that, maybe it puts you off a little bit. So the whole idea with one ground downstairs um, which we're building at the minute, little 40-seater mm-hmm. underground. It's an underground bar, that's what it is, but it's got that little bit of who knows what it is. Yeah. We're just trying to give people exactly what they want, and I, I think we're doing that. I think we're getting there. Spot on, mate. We'll touch upon that later, in fact. So mm-hmm. in terms of you and your role within the business now, what are your spon- responsibilities on a day-to-day basis? Because I feel like a lot of people will enjoy knowing what you do in terms of obviously when you're saying you're working a hundred odd hours a week now on a day-to-day basis you're probably having just a typical day for a week day. <laughs> um at the same time you know there's a lot going on every day the phone never bloody stops but having a little bit of structure helps mm-hmm. so monday we'll keep the paperwork day Tuesday is an ordering day. We'll make sure everything's on track. We'll do a full profit and loss for the week previous. Make sure everything's going forward. Um, and we're moving in the right direction as a team. Wednesdays, we look after the properties. We'll make sure, for example, the rents are paid. Properties are in good repair. Um, mm-hmm. Safety checks, everything I look after. You know, the little niggly bits. Day to day basis. I'm, I'm doing a lot in here as well. I mean, the whole marketing of Latoria. We do it as a small team. We'll make sure that we'll post a schedule for the week. Mm-hmm. Everything from the week before, if there's any comments, messages, voicemails, emails to get back to, everybody's gotten back to, everybody's taken care of, and customers are really happy. Yeah. It's important, you know, it's important to keep the customers happy. Um, yeah, definitely. Day to day. It's just mental every day, John. Um, right. Um, I can imagine, mate. <laughs> So, being a business owner, how has it affected you and your uh, family and social life? Because obviously you're saying your business schedule is very hectic. How do you make time for your family and also going out and enjoying yourself at other restaurants and bars that you might want to go to? Um, obviously, since this has happened, it's, it's been full on, completely full on since the 20th of March. Mm-hmm. Um, so time with the family recently uh, you know, just hasn't happened simply because I'm trying to keep going and we're trying to keep going collectively to make sure yeah. that 
we're weathering the storm. We're going to come out the other side of it, as everybody else is doing in hospitality, because you know we've had a, we've had the bad end of the stick. That's what's happened, um, as a lot of people have. Um, so time with them at the minute is is lost really. But previous to that, I try and get three or four holidays a year in. Mm-hmm. Have one night a week off where we're really making night of it. So rather than sitting and watching the telly, we're out. We're doing. We're going to lane seven. I'll look what there. And that golf place, what's it called again? Ghetto golf. Ghetto golf. Uh, <laughs> so it's just making the, the most of the time that you that you have off, I suppose. Yeah, it's that ready to come by. You just got to make it worth it when it happens. Yeah, definitely. That's what I've found over lockdown. Obviously, it's been a lot different for you in terms of like mm. my life beforehand. Lockdown was, it was very stressful because obviously going through my degree, the work period especially come um, before lockdown was very intense. And then obviously now at lockdown, I'm getting that chance to obviously spend a lot more time with them. Um, we're going to touch upon now a little bit about you and being a business owner and entrepreneur. Um, what would you say your favourite aspect of being an entrepreneur is? Probably the change in day-to-day life. Nothing's ever the same. Everything's off the cuff all the time. Yeah. There's decisions to make all the time. There's problems to solve. And it's moving forward. Having a vague idea of what the right direction is and where we want to be in. A week's time, two weeks, two months, two years' time, and just working mm-hmm. towards that every day. Um, would, I, would I change it? Absolutely not. Um, every day is different. That's, that's the positive one, John. Every day is different. Yeah, totally. That's, that's the type of job I want to go into definitely down the future because I feel like once you get comfortable into a situation, I feel like that's when your life begins to stall, really. Um, mm. So, what motivates you to obviously reach these goals that you set long-term, short-term, daily, in terms of achieving whatever you define as success? What motivates you generally? Um, I think in the, in the short term, is making sure, given the climate, that we'll come out the other side shining. Mm-hmm. I want this place to be back exactly where it was beforehand, where... It's cramped to the rafters. We're doing 2,000 people a week and everybody is happy leaving here. Mm-hmm. Phil's, you should stand outside of here and have us phone on a Friday night, John. The staff coming to work are enjoying coming to work. Yeah. Customers are enjoying com- coming here. You know, I think everybody misses that in hospitality 100%. Um, so short term, it motivates me to make sure we're back exactly where that was. Um, medium term, maybe that's a little bit financial where I want to invest in different areas, mm-hmm. place where we are at the minute. I want to look at properties in the next 12 months, maybe have a look at some other restaurants. There's going to be a lot of chefs and waiters out of jobs. Mm-hmm. Can we help, you know, kind of form a team with somebody perhaps? Let's see where yeah. it takes us. Long yeah. term, um, I think long term, it's, it's always been, been the goal going into this. I mean, you can't sustain 100 hours a week, mm-hmm. every week for the rest of your life. So long term, I think it's always been a case of being financially secure enough to make sure my kids, when I have them, are going to have a little bit of freedom. I can go on holiday for six weeks and six weeks holidays or I'm dropping them off to school and, and pick them up on a night time. I think that's a long term goal. Short and medium is maybe a bit more financial. Long term, it's a little bit of freedom. 
so we're very motivated by trying to achieve happiness long term and short term yeah as well. I think that's bang on I think that's bang on so going back to when you first came into the business how what was your goal then and how has it differed to your goals now um, so, when, so obviously so when you first when you first very came in obviously it wasn't the way you wanted it to be now with it that it is now how has it how has it changed because obviously i can imagine when you first came in like being dead young and mm. what having all these ideas and wanting to achieve the best possibly you can how has it changed now from brent when you were younger to brent when you're 26 now coming in when this first first started and yeah as you know i've said before we weren't waiting money so 100% the, the goal was to turn a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I suppose when we started, I wanted to grow a team that grew into another team that grew into another team and, and take more and more restaurants on. Um, yeah. Obviously, we moved into Latoria Blythe and that didn't really work, but I'm not sure if it didn't work because either I didn't have the right team or maybe I just wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit younger, 24, to be, to be running two restaurants in two busy places. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, what happened there was Latoria Bellington was, was really taken off at the same time as Blythe was bought in, in January 2018, I want to say. I think I can remember in, that, I thought, yeah. I mean, the place was nice. Cara, who owned it beforehand, had done a mint job on it. You know, the turnover was good. Um, the business was there. But as a team, we didn't have the time to put into it. We were trying to recruit from all over the shop. and, and The team didn't really gel. The same mm-hmm. as what it does at Bellington here. Um, we'll, touch up, we'll touch upon that in the next, down the line, about your work environment and also your leadership. And I think that'll mm-hmm. definitely be interesting in terms of the culture you've created within the Bellington restaurant. So do you know how you've just touched upon there really about your, I wouldn't say it was a failure, but what did you learn from that opening the Blythe Latore? And how, how did you really react to that? Because I can imagine it, trying to open a restaurant at the same time as another one and it obviously not coming off as much as the other one. How, how did you react to that and what did you learn from that experience? We were going a million miles an hour trying to make that play. We were going a million miles an hour at Bedlam anyway. Mm-hmm. Everybody was going a million miles an hour. Blythe came along, we expanded the team. Um, and it, it, Maybe Zah should have been a better delegator. You're in charge of putting the orders in. You're in charge of that and that and that. And I was probably trying to do too much myself. Yeah. Um, where you kind of split yourself into three. There's other people out there that can do just as good a job as I can, providing you mm-hmm. say, can you do that a day, that a day, and that a day. And maybe managing people is a downside that I've had in the past. Hopefully mm-hmm. it's improving. But that was probably the, if not the sole reason, one of the reasons that, that Blythe didn't work. In hindsight, should we have done it? Probably not. It's working now as Krusty's pop-up. And there's a deal in the pipeline for it to move on for the next five years. So I'm going to sublet the place out. So it's going to work out all right. Yeah, so Um, it more or less seems like you've obviously tried to achieve something, but short-term hasn't worked. But long-term, possibly, it mm -hmm. it could obviously rekindle. Which I think is a really good thing, especially for you. You've got to change the plan. As as I say, on a day to day basis, there's problems coming in all the time. It's a problem if you let it be a problem. I think that's the answer. Yeah. You've got got to 
change your mindset. How can I fix it? How's it going to benefit us? Let's go forward and make sure it works. The guy who's moving in there will probably do a good job of it because it's one man running one business. He knows exactly how yeah. he wants it. Product con- um, control is going to be there. Quality is going to be there. His team is going to be well looked after. He's probably going to do a better job. Yet, on the reverse of things, us here at Latore, we're getting the money in every week. It, everybody's a winner. Everybody's a winner. Yeah, definitely. A negative into a positive, isn't it? So, when when opening Latore at Bedlinton, yeah, obviously you briefly touched upon what I would class as a work and culture. Obviously, within sport and my background, we have a rough, we have the same sort of thing in terms of a culture within the group, um, in order to strive to excellence or success. So team unity is really key and team cohesion where you're all going together for one goal. Yeah. How have you de- how have you developed that working culture at Latore and what did you set out to achieve by making everyone happy coming into work? And more or less, how did you make that working culture? Did it come overnight or has it been a long-term project of yours to make everyone happy to come into work? do the best and also just stay committed to Latore, really? I think from the outset, you know yourself, you've got to go to work every day. You've got to do it. So Mm -hmm. as a 22, 23-year-old going into things, I wanted to enjoy it as well. How can I make the team enjoy it? We'll come in. As I've said before, you should you should see the gang walk in and have us four on a Friday night. Fully booked restaurant, the sun's shining outside, it's a day like it is today, 24, 25 degrees. I'm even thinking, should I be going to work today? I should probably sky. <laughs> These lot are coming in, singing, dancing, and smiling through the front door. It's it's honestly unbelievable to see. At the same time, it's rammed. There's a live singer on, there's a DJ on upstairs in the cocktail bar. People are coming in and out all night. It's it's the social interaction. Mm-hmm. What makes it 100% this team in here, are, it's probably the best team we've ever had. They're absolutely fantastic. Yeah. They, they're enjoying it. At the same time, we're making sure when we're taking new people on and employing people, everybody's going to fit in. I don't mean that as... It's hard, it's hard to say what you mean when you, when you say fit in. What I, what I mean is everybody who comes in, they want to be at work. There's no negative yeah. attitudes. If there is, we'll try and cut it out straight away. And if, if we can't do that, then, then we'll find the right person. But yeah, it's important. I, th- I think you, you could have 30 people working together, positive people. And you put one negative in there, it spoils a whole lot. No, everybody in here, everybody wants, you know, sometimes they're going to bed at 11, half 11 on a Friday night after being run off their feet all night. And they're still in at 9 o'clock the next morning. And that's not because I'm asking them to come in at 9 o'clock the next morning. That's because they really want to be here, which I think yeah. is is so important. Everybody's working towards the goal. Truthfully, we're joining in. You know, half past nine, mm-hmm. ten o'clock on a Friday or Saturday night. For customers having a shot, we're having a shot as well. <laughs> so, maybe they're coming in for shots in the morning, don't you, Dustin? So, you really it, do sound uh, happy with your work environment that you've created. And the atmosphere, especially within the bar and also the restaurant, definitely. Uh, would you would you change anything about it though? Would you would you want to? Or are you, you are you happy to the max you possibly can be? Uh, I would say probably ninety five percent happy. Probably ninety five. Yeah. There's always little bits that you can change, but you can't be too negative and upset that we're caught. Uh, everybody that's here, 
I, I'm like I say, ninety five percent. Everybody can always do that a little bit more. They say, mm-hmm. "How do you, how do you feel in, in brand being a gaffer?" They probably say ninety five percent because there's, there's always a little bit extra that you can do elsewhere. Um, yeah, if it was perfect, I'd be worried at the end of the day. I think there's always areas you can improve in. Yeah. Um, we're looking all the time as a team. We're looking all, which is important. It's not me saying, "Listen, you need to do that. You need to do that. And you need to do that." It's saying, "Right, it's been busy last week. I didn't think the service was right on that tail. What do you think we could have done better? Or how can we? I don't know. Get the cocktail bar booked out more. Or as a as a team, we're moving forward rather than me delegating all the time, saying, "Let's do this. Let's do that." People want to do it. People yeah, want to, to make this place better all the time. So I, f- I feel like with including people's opinions around you, it makes them feel like they're part of it as well. And their opinion yeah. is valued. And I feel like that links back into what you're originally saying of people being happy to come into work. Because I feel like as an employee of any company you work at, if your voice is being heard and like you're saying, getting feedback off your own employees, it's, it's going to make them feel like the part of a full team. While I feel like if it's just you going around going, you're doing this, you're doing this, this is what I want done. Like it's, it's not going to really long term. Is it going to be successful? Because they're getting a, just as much right. insight as you and as well as their opinions. Uh, it, it, it might be, listen, I might be completely wrong. You know, people would probably look at this place and think, Brent, you're a bit of a soft touch. The reality, I'm absolutely not. But, like you say, people are happy coming to work. I'm more than happy coming to work, which is all you can ever want. I think that's the answer. I wouldn't be doing it 100 hours a week if I didn't want to. If I didn't want to come in, my heart's on my sleeve. Jordan, if, I, if I didn't want to come in, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, and it's, it's absolutely important that everybody else feels the same. And yeah. Yeah. So do you know when you were saying how you, whenever you take on new people, they've got to like fit in or not like fit in, but fit into the working culture that you've created of happiness and wanting to come to work, no negativity really. Uh, what do you look into for an employee? Uh, obviously I've seen, I've seen a video on your Instagram. I think it was, <laughs> I know which one, you know which one. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it important for them to fit in to, to the culture? Because I, uh, I know I've seen that video when you, the interview question that you gave someone like if it was a favorite impression of a turkey was it just something <laughs> daft like that <laughs> listen that was a marketing ploy <laughs> that guy's funny actually he's not he's not here at the minute he's, uh, he he's off at the minute but he's he's no. the funniest kid you've ever met he, he's a turkish guy gauzy and he used to work as a um activities manager in the turkish hotels so yeah. coming in yeah honestly you just laugh all day long it's absolutely meant, but uh, he's done a good impression, hasn't he? <laughs> he is a proper turkey. But uh, how, how do we look for the right people to employ? We we employ characters. I think that's the answer. And yeah. characters, again, they're just. I wouldn't say give them free room, but they're allowed to come in and enjoy themselves. And maybe they're breaking a few rules, and you know. I don't People are coming in, customers notice that the staff here are happy, double happy. So mm-hmm. we're just giving that extra little bit of leeway. They can come in, they're having lunch with their partner on a dinner break, or they're coming in 20 minutes after the time, if they've been in 20 minutes the night before. It's a, it's a little bit of freedom where you're not saying, right, you're starting at this time, if you're five minutes late, you're late. It's going to be marked down type of thing, which might happen if you're clocking in or out of wherever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's given the staff a little bit of freedom 
where they, f- they feel like they really belong here. So they all go that extra little mile, yeah, extra few yards to make sure that everybody's everybody's well looked after. Yeah, and I feel like that definitely has a positive impact just on the customer really as well. Because if someone's serving you with a face when they're really happy in the body um, shape is positive, I feel mm. like the customer also gets a more um, positive experience. I feel like a couple of times when I've even came into your restaurant, the experience that I've had has always been excellent. I've never not felt uncomfortable at a restaurant. While on the other hand, I feel like smaller businesses like yourself, you Tory and Bedlin, they, they understand the customer a bit more while I feel like the more bigger It's much chains, more personal, I think, isn't it? Yeah, the more bigger chains that are spread across the UK, they don't really have that same consistency throughout. You'll, you'll get the odd person who really enjoys the job and then you'll get the person who's just there for the money and mm. that's it. And then once they're done, bang, off. And they don't they don't think about it afterwards. So but you, yeah, rem- def- you, you remember that, don't you? You, yeah. you come in and, and if you go elsewhere and you say, Christ, they don't want to be here the day. Yeah. Even if the food's fantastic and the service has been good, maybe that puts you off a little bit subconsciously. I'm not sure. I know Massively. probably it does for me. I, I like to go places where the atmosphere is mint. You yeah. have a much better time. Everything's just class all the time. Coming in here, I think you're going to leave and you're going to say, what a great night that was. Let's go back again. Let's rebook yeah. for next Friday when there's a cigar on, next Saturday when they're in the sacks. Whatever's happening, you want to get involved in the place. I think it's mm-hmm. that connection between business to consumer where we're not just in it for the money. Actually, we're here. Everybody's here to have a good time. Let's get involved. Yeah. Come in here, you'll even feel like you're part of the family. Definitely. Massively. Totally agree with that. So, obviously, recently I've realised you've been helping in the local community a lot, especially key workers, which I thought was excellent. Um, over the years, how have you helped the local community within where it's located? Have you done anything like out of the blue, like sponsor teams or anything like that? Yeah, sure. What have we done? Over the years, which obviously we were a little bit smaller three, four years ago. So, yeah, um, we've always donated charity vouchers, especially to customers. Anybody looking to raise money, wearing it. Last year, Loma donated 1,500 quid in charity vouchers. Um, mm-hmm. It's great for the community. They're giving prizes out in raffles, at different events on Facebook, Instagram, however, yeah, however it's promoted. Them, yeah. They're raising money for charity, which is a fantastic cause. In return, we're getting perhaps new customers through the door. So there's, there's benefits in it, you know. Um, yeah, but definitely. I think it's, it's, it's massively important to be a good community player, but want to be a good community player. Yeah. Um, what else have we done since? We've, we sponsored Bedlington United Social Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a picture taken with them six months ago or something after a night out in town. It was a, it's a good picture of the <laughs> um, well, that's what we're done. I right, recently saw obviously the coronavirus. A lot of frontline workers are going to work, they're getting no dinner breaks. And a good friend of mine, David Harris, he was on the phone um, asking what we're doing. Obviously, we're open from 12 o'clock when, when the pandemic started, simply as a delivery and a collection service. Mm-hmm. His last was working, um, Emily was working up at the RBI. She was on the COVID 19 ward. Yeah. And it all started off 
Um, she wasn't getting her lunch breaks. If they were, they were getting five, ten minutes. They didn't have time to cook food. They weren't getting anything to eat. 12-hour shifts, 10-hour shifts, whatever they were doing, they were knackered by the end of the day. Yeah. But he rang, is there any chance you can drop some pizzas off for Emily? She's knackered. Yeah, no problem. So when we went up there, we, we took eight, ten pizzas for her ward. And the look on the face when he dropped them off, they were absolutely ecstatic. They were worn out, absolutely knackered. It's so buzzing to get ten pizzas. Yeah. It made... It made us lot of PF feel absolutely fantastic. So what started from there was we came back, discussed it with the team. Um, we decided we we're going we to donate a thousand free pizzas to, to NHS staff, but not just NHS staff, supermarkets, care homes, pharmacies, anybody who's working on the front line and really working overtime, putting themselves out in this pandemic. We mm-hmm. wanted to help, but we really wanted, you know, we really wanted to help. Um, yeah. And from, from there, we've, we've had some great feedback. Everybody's just absolutely over the moon to get it. Yeah, I think it's a great touch by you and the, the rest of the staff massively. And I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate that. So, in turn, you briefly touched upon um, obviously getting the customers to feel as part of the family. So how did you build a successful customer base and did you do any marketing in order to attract it? Like in terms of how did you plan out who to get in? Like I know you've had some special nights where you've gave away the competitions and et cetera, et cetera, to get people in. Is there anything specific in order to, to develop a customer client base that you've done? I think we turned into... Rather than just being a, a, a small independent restaurant, I think we turned into a brand a little bit where we spent mm-hmm. a lot of money on redecorating the place. So rather than coming in, it was something all right. You're coming in now and you want to check in on Instagram, Facebook. We turned into just an average restaurant to a place where people wanted to be. Yeah. The young generation, we went from an average customer age range of 40 to 60 years old who still come into this day are absolutely fantastic, lovely we attracted a hell of a lot of 18 to 30 year olds who were active on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever else goes on these days. They were taking pictures in the restaurant, which Mm. then gets promoted. It's, it's marketing, but it's free advertising, free marketing. You just can't buy it, but other ways we've been pretty active. I mean, you know, you're selling one a competition at Krusty's and Blythe's just maybe it's last week, was it? How was yeah, that, it was last week. Yeah, it, mate, it was unreal. By the way, it's it was just <laughs> it was such a good change from the usual just takeaway as well. Like, there's not many people that's got like an American style, and obviously we've been going to America the past couple of years as well. It was just like, don't know. It's just like remembering going there, if you know what I mean. Like, take, take it's you back just, yeah, definitely. It was just no, it was really nice, mate. Totally recommend that anyone who's ever interested. Good man, good man. But that place again has been chuck a block. That's probably a good idea to show how we've marketed a place where we've came up with a concept, designed a menu, um, sent a lot of free samples around to different people who had a, a big Instagram following. Um, yeah. They get free food, which is a winner. Then post to their stories, post their Snapchats, um, post to their grid on, on Instagram. And we're getting followers and custom from that. So everybody's yeah. a winner, I suppose. Um, and it's just thinking outside the box a little bit sometimes. Um, rather than your traditional, when we first started 10 years ago, we're going to newspapers and magazines, 
probably a little bit of old hat stuff where the times are changing. So it's keeping up with the times and making sure that we're investing in the right areas to get a good return on it and make sure that, that people are really enjoying things when they come with us. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like what you've done there with obviously sending food to people who are local with also good a good follower base, it's I feel like it's more effective in terms of long t- in terms of the how is it to say it's more effective than obviously a, a very high celebrity at times which just advertise anything and i feel like yeah some people now celebrities they, they advertise too much and too much false stuff and i feel like that gives them a bad image never mind yeah. the stuff that they're promoting now so i feel like in terms of getting local people involved who are more trustworthy than these false celebrities it's a lot better investment massively so well, they've, they've actually been having the plus, like you say, they are, they are trusted. If your mate's been to Krusty's and had a good takeaway, you, mm-hmm. you're probably going to order one, aren't you? You're going to give them a buzz and say, how was it? Good, right, no problem, I'm going there. For being at Latoria, they've had a good time. How was it? Great, right, I'm going there. It's word of mouth. That's that's 100% the best form of advertising, and that's what that is. Yeah, massively, because I, for my coaching business, actually, one of the lads came back. And said he had he had one on the weekend, and I was like, I was like, how was it? I was like, he it was it's like, oh, it was it was great, and then that made me then want to go buy one. Obviously, <laughs> obviously that was his cheat day, and he not allowed them during the week. But I was like, I, I was Mate, we go just ate burgers for that. two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible so, for the worst life. <laughs> so how do you how do you like remain customer loyalty? Because I feel like. A lot of people on some brands or businesses or restaurants or bars, they'll go for like one drink, one meal. They won't return really. They're just bothered about other restaurants or bars. Just keep going to different places, trying something new. How do you maintain customer loyalty? Do you put deals out? Wait. What What do you do? Um, I mean, we're doing different deals all the time. We have a steak night on a Sunday. We've got a happy hour on early. Um, so we're getting a lot of family members in and different families spending. Um, spending money on the repair. Sorry, I've got somebody at the door there. So we've got a menu almost to hit all markets. So you come in early, you get two courses for eight quid. You come in afterwards, you're going to have a more romantic wheel with a nice bottle of wine. Fridays and Saturdays has singers on. So if you come in at seven o'clock, you can almost guarantee it's going to be midnight. Yeah. There's shots flying about all over the place. As I've said before, and I keep saying, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but these guys are, are making sure that you're having a good time. Mm-hmm. You're feeling like the waiters and the waitresses are really your friends. And in a lot of cases, they absolutely are. 100% they are. There's, yeah. there's thousands of people that we've met in here over the years where they really are friends. We've been invited to weddings, birthday parties, engagement parties, a whole lot. And mm-hmm. it's that genuine connection, nothing false, where will want to be and they want to be as well yeah. it's it's making sure that every single aspect of a customer journey when they when they come in here is absolutely perfect and if it's mm-hmm. not in the rare cases let's follow it up and work out how we can make it better the next time yeah definitely it seems like you over the past like ideas and also the past this interview it seems like what's key to a lot of things that we've discussed is looking back and reflection upon it and taking the positives taking the negatives and then working further on the negatives definitely i feel yeah. like reflection to improvements massive and i feel like not enough people reflect on themselves daily 
um, what they do personally, their interactions with people. There's not enough people that do it. And I feel like if, if more people listening to this right now, reflections key in terms of achieving long-term success and also daily success and happiness. Absolutely. I think the right circle helps. If you can yeah. discuss ideas rather than discussing them with yourself in your own head, it helps to get things out there. If you've mm-hmm. got a great team and you can talk about things, what's going, to, what's going wrong? How can we improve? You're going to get the answer a lot quicker than what you are talking to yourself because you don't always know the right answer. The, yeah. the best thing you can do in hindsight is surround yourself with the best people. I mean, Phil, the head chef, and he has 53 years old. He's, he's, more, he's the most hyper person you've ever met in your life. But he's hyper been than through you. it. Um, probably. <laughs> I'm a bit calm tonight. <laughs> um, he, he's absolutely brilliant, but he's been through the mill. Since 16, he's worked in kitchens with Michelin star chefs. He's been all, all over the country and all over the world. So when apprentice chefs are coming in here, here trainees, whether working on the front or working in the back, they're learning a lot by the people around them. If we're employing the right people with the right attitudes, whoever comes in here, you guarantee within three or four days, they're learning, they're happy to be here, and they've got the right attitude straight away. Um, um, so, <laughs> so, um, Take a drink, John, I'm talking too much. <laughs> so in terms of, for anyone listening, who obviously wants to either become self-employed or to run a business, if you had a chance to start your career over again, from when you first got involved to the business, what would you do differently, if you would, that is? Um, I would probably spend less and invest more, even though... We've done, Easier said you know, than done, isn't it? It is. You're young and stupid, aren't you? 21, yeah. 22, 23 year old, you want to go out all the time. You want to go away on holidays with the lads. To miss that would be absolutely crackers, I think. But uh, I mean, mm-hmm. we've invested anyway. Um, should you, you probably shouldn't kick yourself about that. I think the journey we've been on collectively up here has, has been a good one. Um, yeah. Looking back, would I, would I change much? Probably not, to be fair. I maybe just wouldn't have bought Blythe, but. Fingers crossed that gets signed for and, and it, it's turned mm-hmm. out all right. Um, Property-wise, I would say buy more in 2010, 2011 when they were a little bit cheaper, but obviously I didn't yeah. have the money. Um, but in hindsight, could have had it, maybe if I had saved a bit harder, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's different looking back now because you're in the future, you know what's happened. And you probably work out what you're changing, but on that journey that was started, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change much. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say in order to become a successful entrepreneur? What three skills do you think are essential? Essential skills can be anything. Anything. Um, essential skills, I think. Keep an eye on the day-to-day, making sure you're being more than productive because it's, it's easy. If you've got no van waiting outside to go and do you know, whatever for the day, if your boss isn't there beeping his phone, maybe you wouldn't get up in the morning. You've got yeah. to wear your heart on, on your sleeve at all times and be bloody motivated. You're getting yourself yeah. up in the morning. You've got to get yourself up earlier than everybody else because you've got to be out there making things happen. 
So I, mm-hmm. I think motivation, 100%, is, is top of the list. Absolutely mm-hmm. top of the list. Um, what else would I look for? I think the ability to speak to people, obviously. Uh, so communication uh, skills, yeah. Yeah, abso- absolutely, yeah. But at all different levels, I mean, I've got staff coming in at 16 years old who need a little bit more time and effort than what a 40 mm-hmm. or 50-year-old chef would have. So communication and man management, yeah. or women management as well, of course, <laughs> is, is, is absolutely massively essential to make sure Everybody's going forward in that same direction. Um, thirdly, I would say probably just to be happy and, and enjoy the journey that you're going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are. Maybe it's that question before, what would you change? Maybe you could be too critical of yourself. Yeah. And get yourself caught up in it all. If you're going forward, if the next day you're further ahead than what you were the day before, it's a winner in my eyes. And just keep your eye on, on future goals. Make sure you're just working towards the right direction. Listen. It might take you five years and it would take you three. At the same time, it might take you three. And you thought it would take five. Just keep your eye on the future at all times and make sure you're, you're motivated, happy, and you're keeping everybody else happy around you. Spot on. Great answer, mate. Um, so for the last, more or less, I've got last six questions. Three of them are random. Three of them have been sent in. So <laughs> the random ones are interesting, definitely. I hope that. I did I did send you the last three because I didn't want to catch you off guard with them ones. Um so we'll do question and answer first, which was on the Instagram uh for the podcast. So these have yeah. been sent in by other people, in fact, just before the podcast. Um what's the realistic amount of money you need to invest in a real estate for future profit, would you say? <laughs> I think going into things, I started off with, with one property when I was three months into being 18 years old. I knew I wanted to invest in property and I had saved up, I'd say, five or six thousand pounds to mm-hmm. go into the property market. I knew I wanted to do it. It was finding a property at the right price. Um, so I bought a guy, a property off, bought a guy, I bought a property <laughs> off a guy called Dennis. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> worried about myself there, John. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bought a property off a guy called Dennis. It was up for 45 grand. Uh, I'll, I'll just tell you the numbers. Um, he had an offer on it of 25. And I, I knew he had an offer of 25. And he, and he had told them where to go. Um, so I went in. I knew the guy. I knew it was on the market. I went for an off-the-market deal at 30k. Um, I had a mortgage lined up. Um, he, he didn't accept 30. We agreed on 32. Mm-hmm. End up spending about eight on the property, um, which, to be fair, I took out as a loan. So I, I bought a property, six grand yeah. deposit, twenty percent. You can actually get them cheaper than that now. A lot of the time, well, prior to, to Corona, you get mm-hmm. a five percent deposit on a property. So you would go in, buy a sixty thousand pound value property. If you get it for forty five and put a five percent deposit down, you're putting twenty two fifty down. Um, let's say you're going to spend eight grand, which again, if you have to, you can you can take a low interest rate loan. You know you're going to pay it back. So you're putting twenty two fifty down, spending it. That property that you bought for forty five is then going to be worth sixty k. Mm-hmm. Remortgage it. Let's put a forty five grand mortgage on it. You're getting all your money back out. So mm-hmm. the initial investment, circa ten thousand pound, you're actually getting fifteen thousand pound back out with a seventy five percent loan to value rate. 
So you take a 25% equity out, you're ready to go again. So mm-hmm. what do you need to start? I maybe it's complicating a bit here, my brain goes too fast. Um, to start in the property market, you need a 10, now you need a 10 to 15% deposit. That's where we're at. So the trick to getting in there is buying a property at the right price. How are you going to know that it's the right price? Check their markets every morning and every night of your life. Go and view some properties. The estate agents are more than happy to take you around the property, show you what's going on, make some cheeky offers. There's going to be loads of properties coming up. There has been loads in the past, not just due to coronavirus, but things happen in everyday lives where, where people need to move properties fast, whether that's because they're moving abroad or, or things just haven't worked out. Find things at the right price, make sure you can get in there, buy them, do a good job. If you're renting it out, do it to a rental standard. Don't do it out as if you're going to go and live in there. Make sure that it's done to the right standard. You spend as minimum as possible. Wait mm-hmm. six months, release equity, and go again if you're lucky enough to make money on it. Spot on. So you more or less covered the other two questions which have been asked on the Q&A. And they were just, yeah. what, what, was one, what is Wonderground? And obviously you've, you've more or less covered that. Uh, <laughs> but what, we're what just we trying have... to make use of every bit of space that we've got in here. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's next door to my office. That's where it is. Literally like, through the wall yeah uh, so that's going to be a few sleepless nights i think if i'm trying to get work done i have to join in i think um, <laughs> but we'll put a completely separate entrance in for it so rather than coming in through the restaurant down the stairs past the toilets we're yeah. going to have its own entrance at the top of the stairs so mm-hmm. it's as private as you want it to be if you want to then go up and have a meal you can do that if you want to just go in for a few drinks you can do that as well you're more than welcome but it means that the bar upstairs which is getting hired all the time Mm-hmm. Is going to be fully booked for the year, I would think. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's still that aspect where you, you can come in for a drink before or after. Perhaps it's going to be a pre-bar before you go up in Newcastle. Uh, that's what it'll probably be for us. I'm going to finish where I think. Uh, but we're going, to, we're going to just make it a little bit quirky, get some neon signs in. Yeah. Make sure it's all fitted out or high quality. Get a really good sound system in. Get a DJ on board. And just really make it different. I think that's the answer because mm-hmm. we haven't got much choice in Bennett. Although there's some fantastic places... Min, I mean, the sun up the road, Northumberland Arms, um, Wetherspoons is up there. Everywhere's doing a fantastic job. It's nice to just have something different and especially something yeah, new. It gets, pe- gets people into the town, which sometimes it struggles. Yeah, massively. So I'll finish it off um, just because we're nearly on time up. Um, these are the three random questions. Um if you could change careers right this second, what would you do and why? I think it's quite an interesting one, that. Um, we, we were literally just discussing this before. I, I, I didn't know the answer. Well, I was five people in the office saying, what the hell are we going to do instead of doing this? Well, I an astronaut, Formula One driver, professional footballer, and I think one of those going to be a sniper. <laughs> uh, mate, I've got no idea. Honestly, I enjoy getting up in the morning, getting in the car, coming to work and cracking on. I, I, I like being I like doing what I'm doing you know whether I call Aye. myself an entrepreneur or not I don't know maybe bloody idiot but uh, <laughs> I, I like it I'm enjoying it maybe I would like to do it on a bigger scale with a bigger team which yeah. hopefully happens in the future mm-hmm. um, I, you know if we want to go for lunch on a Friday we'll go for lunch on a Friday it's a little bit of freedom we're, we're not to, you know delegated to doing a nine or five which it, it just isn't for me. It never, ever has been. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys in here, it isn't for them either. What we're trying to do moving forward is, is getting staff in who eventually want to be self-employed. So we're all knocked about together a little bit. 
but eventually they're seeing what I'm doing, seeing what everybody else is doing, and they want a little bit of that. So that's yeah. and then motivated as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would change much. Certainly wouldn't be a sniper. <laughs> bad shot. <laughs> um, so second question: What invention do you think will be popular in ten to twenty years' time? Oh, it's getting there, isn't it? I think electric cars are going to be. Yeah. They're going to drive themselves. And I would like mm-hmm. to think in our lifetimes they'll be flying themselves as well. I'll definitely get a flying car. Do you think? Be wicked at that. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going? We've got Spain in the morning, bloody Italy in the afternoon. <laughs> Last question, mate. Then I'll let you crack on with anything that you've got to do. I've got to play tennis tonight. <laughs> tennis? <laughs> I just bought, a, just bought a rod this afternoon, a racket this afternoon. <laughs> Right, last one, mate. You can sit down in your restaurant with three celebrities, past or present. Who are you picking and why? I think that's the, one of the best ones, and I love knowing why. Uh, I'd like to sit down with Jordan Belfast. Mm-hmm. I think he, his demeanour's meant he's motivated, switched on. Although he's been a bit bonkers in the past, I think he's, he's really, really... like. Have you seen his, his podcast on YouTube at the minute? Yeah. He's just sales techniques mint. Um, nice guy. Good to be around. Who are you um, sitting with him? Who do you think will get on with him? Um, ben Francis, who owns Gymshark. Mm-hmm. He's a young kid like us. Um, I've seen his uh, videos actually. Switched, switched on 100%. Knows what he's doing. He's pretty motivated. Um, third person. I haven't got an answer for the third person. Only David Beckham. He doesn't want to sit with Bex. spot on mate thanks a lot for coming on do you just want to lastly just shout out all your businesses for people who might be interested in terms of going to in the future yeah sure if you've listened this far we are Krusty's Pop-Up and Blythe which is open for the next two weekends Victorian Bellaton Biascan Bellaton just above us and we've got Towers Property people on Instagram as well so you, you can go on there and follow what we're doing with the uh, properties which we haven't really touched on to be fair but there's a few things going on in there um, we're building an apartment upstairs in here and um, we've got a lot of bike, bike lets getting renovated and, and you can see what standard the properties are done to if you're looking to rent your house have a look on Excellent thanks a lot Brent for the, this you, time that appreciate you've given us um, really appreciate you coming on being the first guest and hopefully a lot of people take a lot from this um obviously in your lifestyle and how hectic it is and also the importance of developing a good work and culture within a business and also just just getting an insight into someone's mind and also lifestyle and which is different a lot to a lot of people there's, there's nobody gonna to want to be self-employed after this <laughs> <laughs> you end up like that <laughs> quality yeah. thanks a lot mate right. cheers Pleasure. watch what you're doing take care catch you soon <laughs>